the favorite book of every teacher. It is the teacher's guide. Now, why is this such a tremendous book? Here's why. Because this book has all the answers to all the problems. When our daughter was in school and she started getting into higher math, which both Donna and I were struggling to understand, life became a lot simpler when Donna, as an educator, simply ordered the teacher's guide for her class. Mm -hmm. We were able to help her with her homework then. All the answers to all the questions. All the math problems, that is. But there are a lot more problems in life than just the math problems. And the problems that many of you are facing in your life are a lot bigger than the math problems in this book. Where do you go for the answer to those problems? Well, the teacher's guide of all teacher's guides, the scripture tells you where to go. The place to go is Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is God's answer to our problems. And that's what we've been learning in this message series that we've been in here at Mission Liberty Hill entitled Miracles on Parade. In this series, we've been looking at the seven miracles that Jesus Christ did in the Gospel of John and how each one of those miracles was a miracle with a message. In each one of these miracles, Jesus was showing himself to be God's answer to the problems we have in our life. Thus far, we've seen how Jesus Christ is God's answer to our difficulty, our doubt, our disability, our dissatisfaction, and our despair. Now in the sixth miracle of the Gospel of John, we are going to see Jesus Christ show himself to be God's answer to our darkness. So I'd like to ask you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 9 where you'll find this sixth miracle of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to bring your Bibles with you here to Mission Liberty Hill. We'll use them on Sunday morning. Today we're going to be in John chapter 9. This miracle is described in verses 1 to 38, and we'll make our way through this passage this morning. You'll also want to reach into your worship folder, and inside your worship folder you'll find a, a set of message notes, we call them. Those are notes with an outline of the sermon, some blanks for you to fill in. Get a pencil or pen so that you can uh, write down the thoughts that the Holy Spirit gives to you this morning. So here's the first truth we learn from this sixth miracle of Jesus in the Gospel of John. You can write it down on your notes. Are you ready for this? The first truth Jesus wants to impart into your heart through this miracle is this. The truth is that you are spiritually blind from birth. That's right. You are spiritually blind from birth. If you'll look at verse 1 in John chapter 9, this is what we read. As he, that refers to Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, why did Jesus do this miracle? 
Why did he meet this man at his point of need? Well, he did that not just because he had compassion on this man, not just because he wanted to bring glory to himself and to his Father in heaven. He met this man at his point of need because Jesus wanted to communicate a message through the miracle that he was about to do. And what was the message he wanted to communicate? Well, Jesus knew that this man, blind from birth, was illustrative of every person born upon this earth. That when we are born, we may be born physically alive, physically able to see, most of us, but all of us are born spiritually without sight. We may have physical sight with our eyes, but we do not have spiritual sight with our hearts. That's our condition. We are totally unable to see and know God for who He is. We are in utter darkness in terms of understanding God, the true God, and we have been plunged into that darkness through sin and through the author of sin, Satan himself. If you look at that scripture on your notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, the God of this age, that's a reference to Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of of God. Just like this man in John chapter 9, we have been born blind. Maybe not with physical blindness of the eyes, but with spiritual blindness of the heart. What a picture of mankind apart from God. And not only that, Jesus tells us something else about this man. Not only was he blind from birth, if you just skip ahead in your Bible to verse 8 in John 9, look at what verse 8 says about this man. His neighbors, those who had formerly seen him begging, asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Here's the point. Our spiritual blindness makes us spiritual beggars. We have nothing good to offer to God when we first come to Christ. That's our condition. Thank God that Jesus Christ is God's answer to our darkness because we need it, all of us, blind from birth. And here's the second truth Jesus wants to plant in your heart through this miracle he does in John chapter 9. As surely as you are blind from birth, truth number two, only Jesus can give you sight. Only Jesus can give you sight. Continue on in your Bible with verses 2 through 5 in John chapter 9. Verse 2 says, His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. 
Well, I am in the world. I am the light of the world. I encourage you to underline in your Bible those last seven words in verse 5. I am the light of the world. I want you to remember this. You can write it on your notes. There is no sight without light. There is no sight without light. When I was a child, my parents took me and my family to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. Any of you been to Carlsbad Caverns? A number of you have. Maybe you had this on the tour. We experienced it. They took us down into the caverns, nearly a thousand feet below the earth. And they took us through the various parts of the cavern. At a certain point, they had us all huddled together, and the guide turned off the lights in the caverns. And there we were in total darkness. The darkness was so deep, the light was so absent, we were all without sight. Even if you had 20-20 vision, you couldn't see a thing at that moment. Why? Because there's no sight without light. But here, Jesus says in verse 5, I am the light of the world. You notice Jesus did not say, I am a light of the world. He said, I am the light. Only Jesus can give you the spiritual sight you desperately need. Only he can do that. Why? Because he is the sent one. Jesus Christ was sent from heaven to this earth to carry the darkness and death of our lives upon himself on the cross so that he could win for us forgiveness and new life and eternal life with God. Not through something we've done because we have nothing to offer to God before Christ, but because of what he did for us on the cross. Jesus is the sent one. So notice how he does this miracle in John chapter 9. Look at the next two verses, verses 6 and 7. Having said this, he spit on the ground made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seen. In essence, Jesus was saying here, this pool of Siloam, it represents me. I am the one sent from heaven. I am God's answer to the mud and muck and the blindness of your sin. I am heaven's light for your darkness. I'm the only one who can take it away. I am your pool of Siloam. And how do you receive this sight from Jesus? Well, the way you receive this sight from Jesus is to do just what this blind man did. Look at verse 7, second part of the verse. So this man went and washed and came home seen. Now think about this. Do you think that man just got up and walked all by himself to the pool of Siloam? No, he didn't. He had to have a friend 
take him there because he couldn't see. Well, I want to say to you that the Holy Spirit is your friend. The Holy Spirit of God picks you up, carries you, and wants to lead you to the pool of Jesus Christ so that you might trust in Christ as your Savior. You can't do that by yourself. But the Holy Spirit can work that faith in you. That's what he does. He invites you to come to the pool of Christ and to wash, to let Christ wash the stain of sin out of your life. Stop going to those other pools you've been going to or you might think about going to. The pool of self-righteousness, the pool of religion, the pool of self-help. None of those things can ever cleanse you of your sin. Only one pool can wash you clean, and that is the pool of Jesus Christ, the one sent from heaven. Heaven, come to him, trust in him, surrender your life to him, and you will go home seeing. Only Jesus will give you sight. And that brings us to the third truth from this account of Jesus' miracle. You see it on your notes. Listen to this. When Jesus gives you sight, two life-transforming things are sure to happen to you. You see these two things in the life of the blind man, and God wants to see them in your life too. Let's finish the story. It's going to take three or four minutes to read, and you can follow along in your Bible. It's also up here on the screen, starting with verse 8, and we're going to go through verse 38. Follow along as I read it. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to, to, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Uh-oh. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinner perform such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and the man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? We know that he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how can he see now or who opened his eyes? We don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. 
The parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been born, who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner, he replied. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. Then they asked him, what then did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Yes, when Jesus Christ gives you sight, two things are sure to happen. You can write these on your notes. Number one, you will grow to see him more clearly. You will grow to see him more clearly. Some of you who were born back in the 1940s and 1950s, you know before the earth's crust hardened, <laughs> you will remember driving down the road with your parents and seeing alongside the road signs made by the Burma Shave uh, Company. Burma Shave was a shaving cream. And what they would do is they would come up with little poems and they would put poems on a series of signs about 50 yards apart. So as you drove down the road, you would read the signs and they did all come together. Each sign would show you a little more till you saw the whole poem clearly. So there would be poems like this poem here. A peach looks good with lots of fuzz, but man's no peach and never was. Burma shave. Each sign showed you a little more until you saw it all clearly. In a sense, this is just what happened to this man in John chapter 9 when he came to Jesus and Jesus gave him sight. One step at a time, he started to see Jesus more clearly. Did you notice in verse 11, he called Jesus a man? Then in verse 17, he's seen a little more clearly, so he calls Jesus a prophet, one sent from God. Then in verse 31, he calls Jesus a godly man. But then look at what happens in verses 35 to 38. 
Jesus heard that he had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You're looking at him. Well, that's a paraphrase, but that's basically what he said. And in verse 38, Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. When you come to Jesus and Jesus gives you sight, you will grow to see him more clearly. I want to tell you, in my years of sharing Christ with other people, I have seen this happen time and time again. Some people wait to trust in Christ, wait to give their lives to Christ until they see him more clearly, until they have all the answers to their questions. I want to tell you that is not the way it works. First, you come to Christ. Give yourself to Christ by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Trust in him. And over time, you will grow to see him more clearly. That's the way it works. Only Jesus can give you sight. And when Jesus gives you spiritual sight, not only will you grow to see him more clearly, number two, write this on your notes, you will grow to share him more boldly. You will grow to share him more boldly in two ways. First of all, People will begin to hear Jesus from your lips. They will begin to hear Jesus from your lips. This is what happened to this man in John chapter 9. Did you see what verse 25 said? Look at it in your Bible. In verse 25, he gave testimony to Christ when he said, One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. He simply but significantly told other people the difference that Jesus Christ had made in his life. You can do that too. You do not need a theological diploma to do this. All you need is an encounter with Jesus Christ because when you meet Jesus and he starts working those changes in your heart and life, you have a story to tell about what he did for you on the cross, what he did for you and for all the world through his resurrection, the difference he has made in your life and in your eternity. You have a story to tell, a story of his grace. You can tell others the difference Christ has made in your life. And not only that, people will not just hear Jesus from your lips. People will see Jesus in your life. They will see Jesus in your life. This is what happened to the man in John 9. His life was a changed life. Once he was blind, now he could see. Listen, in our society today, there are more and more people who are skeptical about the truths of the Christian faith. So, the witness of a changed life is so important. This is the kind of witness people need to see from us here in Liberty Hill and around the world. They need to see the changed life that Christ has worked as they hear Jesus from our lips and see Jesus from our lives. As John 8 in the Message Bible says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, the world's light. No one who follows me stumbles around in darkness. I provide plenty of light to live in. So these are three great truths that we see here in this miracle of Jesus Christ. You are spiritually blind from birth. Only Jesus can give you sight. 
And when Jesus gives you sight, two life-transforming things are sure to happen to you. You will grow to see him more clearly, and you will grow to share him more boldly as people hear Jesus from your lips and see Jesus in your life. Fanny Crosby was a great hymn writer of the 19th century. She wrote hymns like, To God be the glory, great things he has done. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I am thine, O Lord, all the way my Savior leads me. She wrote hundreds of hymns. All of these hymns she wrote while she was blind. One day she was speaking somewhere, and in the room someone stood up and asked her, what her favorite hymn was. Of out of all the hymns she wrote, what was her favorite hymn? And, and Fanny Crosby said this. She said, my favorite hymn is one that has never been published. I wrote it years ago. And it goes this way, and there was a hush over the entire room as she said these words. One day, the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing. But oh, the joy when I awake within the palace of my king, and I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. In a world hunting, desperately hunting for answers, Jesus Christ is the answer now and forever. And if you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's stand for closing prayer.